Good morning, everybody. We're going to just go on to prayer this morning. I'm encouraged and excited in the Lord. I have some great things in my spirit to share with you, and then we're going to just see how God's going to lead us today. Sister Susie wasn't able to be here. Uh, A sudden circumstance came up, so God knows all things, and it's going to be all right. So let's just reach out to the Lord a few minutes. I'll feel his presence. Hallelujah. Lord, I love you this morning and I worship you. I give you honor. I give you praise. God, we just ask you and petition you, God, to minister to us, God. I know that you're taking us a new way, Jesus, and that so excites me. Lord, just touch our hearts today. Touch our hearts, Lord. Help us to open up to you and to receive from you today. Minister to us, Lord. We submit our minds to you, God, and we submit our bodies, our spirits, Lord, when we reach out to you, Lord, and we ask you just to come in here and order our steps, God. I love you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. I trust you, Lord, and I believe in you. Lord, you're my Savior, God. You're my deliverer. You're my healer. You're my everything, Lord, and I love you today, God. I thank you, Lord. That the, Oh, I thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord. I thank you that you dwell in us, Lord, and if we abide in, in you abide in us, Lord, and that we abide in you and you abide in us, Lord, that we're together that we are one even as you and your father are one lord oh i thank you lord that you're with us god i thank you jesus for your mercy and your grace today lord i thank you for it god lord i thank you for this special day god this special homecoming day lord i thank you for it i thank you lord for the work god that you started here lord i praise you for it let us fulfill your vision god let us fulfill your vision god not just here in this church but individually, God, in our lives. Lord, at each one of us, God, fulfill your vision. God, in your plan for our lives, help us to submit ourselves to you. Oh, I love you today. Lord, I love you today. I have such a praise and a worship and a love for you. Oh, hallelujah. Teach us your ways, God. Teach us your ways, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, Lord. You're everything, God. I praise you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Glory be to your name, God. I love you. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you've worked in each life, God. I thank you for the measure of the Holy Ghost that you've placed within us, God. I thank you for it, and I'm looking for more, God. I'm looking for more. Oh, Lord, you told us that that which is perfect has come, Lord. You let us enter into that perfection, God. You mature us. Oh, I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah. Thank you for helping us to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints, Lord. I thank you for that. Oh, my God, I love you. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you. Yes, Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. 
Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I praise you, Jesus. Oh, come on. He's ministering to us right now. There's nothing more. Let him minister to you right now. Reach out to him, whatever your need is. Don't take this lightly. Whatever your need is right now, reach out to him. That ministering spirit is here. God, I thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for healing every broken heart, Lord. God, every distraction and frustration, God, I thank you for healing it, Lord. I thank you for bringing in that mind of your spirit, Jesus, your unity. God, I thank you for it today. I have such expectation, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. You're so worthy, Jesus. I love you. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to wait a few more moments here in his presence. And I just feel that spirit working and I need it. So if nothing else, I'm going to do it for my own self. I need it today. I need the working of his spirit. Thank you, God. all about you Lord oh it's all about you Jesus oh hallelujah thank you God hallelujah that sweet working of his spirit how many of us in here today want to it's really a rhetorical question but I'll ask it anyway how many of us want more of God in our lives. Amen. And do we all believe that God said he was doing a new thing and a new thing is different? I will just share this and I'll uh, just move forward. I'm not sure who all the Lord's going to use this morning. That's what I love about the Holy Ghost. Any, he can use anybody. You know, but I'll, uh, Sister Kathy, I'll probably let you be thinking and preparing, and we'll just see how the Lord's going to move forward. But two things, two dreams I just had have just already been fulfilled partially right here this morning. Do y'all remember here at church a couple of weeks ago when I told you about a drink? No, I guess it was last week where Pastor was coming up the aisle when he started service, and he was just greeting the people and shaking hands. Do y'all realize that that is almost just what has happened this morning. And what was God telling, well, not just me, but us in that dream was he's doing a new thing because I was so surprised at what passed. I said, what is he doing? I've never seen him. But I wasn't offended by it. I knew it was God, but I was so shocked. I said, what is he doing? But you know, the old school people are the ones that got up. Ministers actually got up and left, but the people loved it. And the people received it. And that's, this is about the body of Christ. And the Lord just brought that to me a while ago while we were getting ready. I said, it doesn't matter that we weren't 
doing what pastor has taught us to do, right? You know, help us to get our minds together and such. But when we begin walking greater in him, his presence is with us always. And so all we got to do is be in his will and be subject to his spirit. And I'm going to share a second one that the Lord brought to me this last week. So he's fulfilled it this morning. How many of us have kind of uh, heard it said or even in our own selves said, well, we got to set the atmosphere. Have y'all heard that? Well, let me tell you, you just let Jesus talk to you about that. I want you to get your Bible and you see, where did Jesus set the atmosphere before he did anything? Let me tell you how the Lord brought it to me. He had dealt with me to minister about uh, had been to minister us in a situation and I kept weighing it out and I and it never and it never felt right and then the Lord spoke to me not to do it so I moved on but I was I always uh going to the office the Lord's office and sit down and we talk I said okay explain to me Lord what happened I want to learn I want to minister like him I want to be like him so I go sit down in the office and he sits on the desk on the other side and he talks to me and that is the honest to God truth that's how you do it your way but that's how we do it <laughs> sometimes sometimes I'm at the cross crying <laughs> but other times we're talking it out man to man human to human <laughs> we're talking it out so I said, well, now this is what I was thinking, Lord, in this situation. This was based on my experience, my teaching from pastor. You know, he's my main teacher. And I said, well, this is what I was thinking. And this is where I was going. I said, what, you know, and, and I said, I, I thought when this happened, I thought you had were setting the atmosphere to minister in this situation. And he's so great. He said, since when do I need to set the atmosphere? Where did I set the atmosphere for anything that I did? And I just was stunned. And like that, Sister Pat, I saw these miracles in the Bible. I saw Jesus doing them. I saw the, 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 the widow woman with the boy in the coffin. And he just, what, that was a lot of drama, a lot of weeping, and a lot of wailing, crying. It was chaotic. He walked up to that beer. Bam! That boy came up. He came alive. Then I saw the woman that touched the hem of his garment. He wasn't even aware of it. It was He was being thronged. It was crazy. It was a crowd. Faith moved him. God healed that woman. Then I saw this most beautiful one, the woman at the well. And I, I love, I think I've studied, I thought, Sister Cat, I had studied that thing every way it could be studied, up one side and down the other, inside and out, every aspect. I was sure I knew Amen. about the woman at the well. The and then I saw our Lord, and He told me to look at the Scriptures. So I go to that. I didn't have to go read it. I know how the passages are pretty well read about the woman at the well. And so he's a man. And he said, or it says in the scripture that he needs to go by Samaria first before he went to Jerusalem. And you read on and it says he sat down because he was tired. So we have a I. I won't put it off on anyone else, but I think we're a lot more alike than we're different. Yeah. I had a preconceived idea because Jesus said he did everything that his father, he saw his father do. 
My, my interpretation of that was he would get up like a great while before day and pray, right? And sometimes he would spend all night in prayer. My take on that was <laughs> then God would lay his, his heavenly father would say at 10 o'clock, you will go here. This will happen. And this will happen at 1235. I would like for you to go over here and sit on, upon the well. There will be a, that's how I interpreted it. That the, that the father laid his day out like that. I saw it. Jesus came. He was tired. The heavenly father had not yet told him what was going to happen. He, he, got, he knew he needed to go to Samaria. That's as much as God told him. And he said, well, I need to go to Samaria. But he was just walking. And he got tired. His father let him get tired. And he said, I need to sit down. And the heavenly father knew all along that woman was coming at that time. Is that not divine? How that I'm telling you, that liberated me so... That right then, and when he saw that woman, he was thirsty. But then he began talking, and his father laid it out for him. Oh, this is her need, and you're going to minister to her. He didn't even reveal himself to her until the very end of the conversation. They have a back and forth. She argues with him. She doesn't even know who he is. And then in that moment, I am the Christ. Hallelujah. Wow, that so liberated me that when we abide in him... I don't have to know my, I don't have to know. I, I was locking myself into a plan every day that God had to order my step the whole day that I had to know what I was going to do from daylight till dark till I went to bed. I thought that's, I did that to myself. I boxed myself in, but now I can be at liberty. Whatever this, when you're in tune with him. So as I feel, I feel I need to go to the store today. Which, and I go to the store that he leads me to. I'm just getting milk because I need milk. But meanwhile, on that milk aisle is going to be a little lady that needs some help. And the spirit's going to quicken. And then I'm going to go on back to my shopping or whatever he would have us do next. I don't have to set an atmosphere. You abide in him and you be one with the Father. Oh, Hallelujah. So, again, something that God brought to me has manifested itself already this morning. We don't have to set that atmosphere. When you abide in Him and you stay in that relationship, and that's the key. Staying in a personal relationship with Him. That's a key. That's a key. Hallelujah. That just excited me. That really just excited me and gave me uh, empowerment, if you want to call it that. This week, so I'm looking for great things. I'm not held in a box. I'm looking. I got it. I'm loosed. I'm out. The Lord spoke, and I'm gonna let Sister Kathy come, and and let her go as the Lord leads her. The Lord spoke to our pastor a, a few months back, and he said, "That which is perfect has come. It's already come. So that means we got access to it. We didn't always, Sister Cat, have access to that which is perfect. It's the hour we live in. They backed up the meat truck." <laughs> You can't eat a whole side of beef at one time. You got to eat it a little at a time, but it's all yours to eat. 
And that's what God's doing to us. Every time he shows us something, it's another piece of that side of beef, if you want to call it that. Or have, you know, look at it that way. But we have access to it. That's the difference. We did not have access to this before. But now we do. An entrance has been made. Hallelujah. And he says, come up hither. Come up higher. That's what he said. Woo, hallelujah. I'm telling you, there is something working in the spirit. It's there for us. An entrance has been made so we can stay as we have great moves of God behind us, but as a greater one ahead of us. And it's not only, I hate to even say ahead of us because it's, we're in it. I hate to say ahead of us because that puts it off in the future. So I'm not. I'm in it. I want you to understand I'm in it. I have stepped through the door and I'm in it. I'm, I'm manifesting it. It's happening in my life and it's happening in yours. All you got to do is step into it. Quit trying to set the atmosphere. Lose religion. Lose form. Lose it and operate in the spirit. Get in a relationship. That's the key. Stay in. Jesus was in the relationship with his father. He was one with his father. That was the key. We're missing that oneness. The more we come in that oneness with Him, it's going. It's happening. I want you to be encouraged. There's no limit. Don't say, well, I'm nobody. No, you are somebody in Him. All that matters is what He's called you to do and what He asks you to do that day. Maybe He won't ask you to do anything for another 364 days. That is just fine. But that one moment, that one day, it's going to matter to that one person that you minister to. It will matter. Because what if it was your loved one? What if it was yourself? Somebody ministered to you. Find those souls. They're out there. Don't forget about the body of Christ. Don't forget about the ones that have fallen away. Don't forget. Let God use you. The lost sheep. That's what he's here for. Amen. I am so encouraged in the Lord today. I'm encouraged in him. I'm excited. And I know that, the, you know, maybe it didn't start out like you might have wanted. And that's all right because it started like Jesus wanted. And I am so okay with it. <laughs> and I'll reach a point where I won't ever even acknowledge it. <laughs> but I'm, I was really so excited because he brought those two things to pass. Right now, that's been a week. And he's already... That's how quick he's moving. Be encouraged today. Be encouraged. And I'm so thankful for, well, I'd call her Granny Garland. I'm not sure your mama's first name, but Granny Garland, I am so thankful for the vision that God placed in her. I am so thankful for the labor of prayer that that woman had. I am so thankful we are here today because of that. And I'm not just kissing up. I don't operate like that. I'm speaking from my heart that that woman labored years ago. There is a remnant. There's always a remnant. And there was a remnant of truth. And she held on to it. And that thread, there might not be many, but it's, held, it's been held on to. There's always a remnant. It's up to us to continue fighting. We got to do right by her and all the others that have gone before us. We got to do right. And we got to contend, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered. It was given to the saints. So we give honor today to Granny Garland for her labor and her efforts. And I'm very thankful. And I'm thankful to Sister Pat for holding on 
her mama entrusted her for what I don't know. She know, I don't know the family. I don't know any of the ins and outs of any of it. I just know that it was entrusted to her. And look where we are today. I don't know what comes next, but I am thankful. Just like in Fort Payne, I'm thankful for the work pastor labored over there. That's going to go on. Once you're, you know, he's dead and gone. If time goes on that long, if you're dead and gone, you know, time is going to go on. We don't know. Somebody's going to hold to the truth and their saints and souls are going to come in and they're going to go back and say, thank God that Pastor Metter obeyed the vision and obeyed. Thank God that Pastor Harris held, kept it going. And whoever comes after you, it matters. It matters. It matters. Fight for the truth. Fight for the truth. Got to be pure. Amen. Let's just welcome Sister Kathy this morning and keep reaching out to the Lord and just let him minister to us today. I love him. Let's give Sister Kathy a hand. I love her. I love, I, I love, I've, I say it sounds corny, but I love all of you. And I really do. I'm so glad everybody's here today. God bless. Amen. When Sister Lisa had already shared that with me about, um, uh, the miracles and, and setting the atmosphere. Amen. And every time I hear her talk about that, it's like I can hear the Lord say, I am the atmosphere. There's no need to set an atmosphere. I am the atmosphere. And if you abide in me and I abide in my father, then you're abiding in the atmosphere. Amen. Hallelujah. And that just, that does something to my faith. That does something to my spirit. Amen. I welcome each and every one of you this morning. I'm so glad that the other part of us is here this morning. Hallelujah. They made a long trek from Alabama to be with us and it's good to see them this morning. It's, there's faces I don't know here this morning and I welcome you and I'm glad you're here with us this morning. I feel such a working in the spirit. God is here with us this morning. He didn't uh, pass us by. Hallelujah. He didn't just go to church down the road or church in the other city, but He's ever present with us this morning. And He didn't just come, hallelujah, for a shout and a feel good, but He's got a plan and He's got a purpose for this service. There's a reason you're in this service today. It wasn't just to come and be fed for dinner on the grounds. Hallelujah. It wasn't just to come and see what all the talk is about Pastor John Metter. Hallelujah. But God ordained a reason and a purpose for every individual in this service today. And if we'll get our minds off of that food, hallelujah, if we'll get our minds off all the talk or whatever we've heard about John Metter, if we'll get our minds off all the weariness of the week hallelujah and how much time it took us to cook the food how much time it took us to fix the tablecloths hallelujah and we'll get our minds this morning brother thomas on the king of kings and the lord of lords if we'll set our spirit hallelujah mama on what god wants to work in us this morning we'll get something hallelujah that'll go with us beyond 24 or 48 hours after our digestive system has done got rid of whatever we take out there. It'll go with us for a lifetime. Hallelujah. It'll continue to feed us, Christopher. Hallelujah. And we'll eat on it from now till the time we move on to whatever's next in uh, eternity or wherever. Hallelujah. And when we meet that little woman uh, on the milk aisle in the grocery store, we can say I've got water that you can drink of that you'll never thirst again. Hallelujah. Let me tell you about my Jesus, my living water.
and I'm telling you what's the truth I don't know if it's in the microphone hallelujah or where but bless God he's here today He's got something for you. Hallelujah. It's not just for me. Philip, you better turn me down, honey. I'm excited. It's not just for Sister Lisa. Hallelujah. It's not just for Pastor or, or Brother Harris. Hallelujah. But it's for you. Whoever you are in this house today, God came to meet your need. I don't care how little or minute it may seem. I don't care how impossible it may be in your mind. He came to meet your need this morning. I'm thankful to have my precious mom and daddy with me this morning. Hallelujah. They're precious to me. Hallelujah. I'm so glad when we were praying earlier at the beginning of the service the scripture came to me the Lord said where two or three are gathered in my name I'll be in the midst of them I can tell you for a surety he's in the midst this morning <laughs> he's right here hallelujah hallelujah and he's got something to give you this morning will you block out everything else and center your spirit this morning on Jesus hallelujah Block me out. <laughs> Block the people sitting next to you out and focus on him this morning and say, Lord, you brought me to this church this day. What is it you've got for me? What is it you want to tell me, Lord? What is it you want to work in me, Lord? What? What did you bring me here for today, God? What's my part? What is it you want to do in me, God? Seek him out through the whole service today. Don't allow yourself to be distracted by anything. Whether it's a small child trying to pacify himself in the time. That little boy's precious. He's so precious. Hallelujah. Whether it's a dog yipping outside. Whether it's somebody getting up and going to the water fountain or the restrooms. Whether it's more people coming in, praise the Lord. Don't allow yourself to be distracted. But focus on what God's got for you today. In this service right now, because I want to tell you something. This service will never happen again. This is it. This moment is it and it'll never pass your way again. Grab hold of what God's got for you today. Amen. Grab hold of it. It's not coming your way again. This is it. Amen. Philip, will you put on amazing grace? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad my chains are gone. Hallelujah. Have you got chains this morning? Maybe it's chains of unforgiveness. Maybe somebody's hurt you and, and you know in your heart that you've got to forgive them. Because the word says, except you forgive others, God can't forgive you. That's the word. That's not me. That's what the word says. You've got to come to a place in your life with God that you can forgive. I don't care what it was. I don't care how justified you feel. You've got to forgive. Whether they ask you to forgive them or whether they don't, whether they're sorry or whether they're not. You've got to forgive them. If you want God to forgive you, you've got to forgive them. So if it's a chain of unforgiveness... If it's a chain of financial burden, if it's a chain, hallelujah, of sickness and infirmity, I don't care what your chain is, God can loose you from your chains. Just like that. Just like that. 
He can do that. That is so within his scope of ability. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go ahead, son. Wrong song. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Listen not to how I sing. I'm not a professional singer. Listen to the words and let God minister to you this morning. He is so here, Sister Lisa. There's a need in this house. More than one, I feel sure. God wants to work something. Amen. God, we love you this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Philip, monitor up, please. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see.
the earth will soon dissolve like snow. The sun forget to shine, but God who called me here below will be forever mine. Will be. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful this morning for a love that is unconditional, unending, and forever yours? Hallelujah. Even when there's chastisement, correction, hallelujah, it's in love, never in anger, never in uh, meanness or or unkindness or any of the things that you might experience it in on this side but always in love the right way for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God the called according to his purpose do you understand the depth of that verse Do you understand that when tragedy and chaos afflicts your life and rips your heart right out of your chest, that that will work together with the rest of the things in your life to bring about good for you? Maybe not good in the natural, so to speak, but it'll work good in your spirit. It'll grow you to a place in God where he can be the very atmosphere in your life and mature you. Hallelujah. I'm thankful this morning. I don't understand always everything that goes on in my life. I'm not perfect, Sister Cat. I don't get it right a lot of the time. Hallelujah. In fact, I get it wrong. A good bit of the time. And many times I have to say, Lord, I guess I messed that one up. Hallelujah. But he's faithful. And he's my father. And he loves me, Christopher. And he he takes me in his arms. And he knows what kind of correction is best. He knows just how to deal with me. And is it always fun? No. And does it always feel good? No. And do I always like the way he chose? No. But he grows me. He grows me. I'm thankful for that. I don't always like it at the moment, Sister Susie. I always like it. And I think sometimes I get more frustrated with myself <laughs> than he ever would. I think, ah, it's that A-type personality again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to be perfect. <laughs> Praise God. 
I don't know if y'all feel what I feel, but it's okay. Because if nobody, I'm like Sister Lisa, if this ain't for nobody else, it's for me this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead, son. I'm going to try. Still holding on because my prayer is this morning that regardless, I'll always hold on. Regardless. Everybody has issues. Everybody has trials. Everybody faces something. I've buried babies. That wasn't easy. I was only 20-something years old. 23, I don't know. After six years of trying, I don't know why I'm telling this. After six years of trying, that's been a lot of years ago, I buried twin girls. I was devastated. I went the next day and laid in the cemetery on the grave, digging in the grass. I want my babies. I want my babies. That was hard for me. That was a hard time in my life. I didn't understand it. Didn't understand it at all, Sister Deborah. Six years of praying and asking God for a child. Tried to adopt. I wasn't vain. I didn't have to birth the child myself. I'd have loved any baby God would have let me have. And he rebuked me for trying to adopt because he said he would give me a child. And then they died. I so didn't understand that. Why? Didn't understand it. My precious mama, she called me and she said this to me. She said, honey, I can't say that I know what you're going through. God's blessed me and I've raised my children. I've never had to bury one. But if loving you and praying for you will get you through this, you're going to make it. I'm 55 now. I was about 23 then. I've never forgot those words. I've offered those words of com comfort to many people over my lifetime. They're true words. You may not always know what someone else is feeling exactly because you've never walked in their shoes. But you can love that person and you can pray for that person. And it's your prayers in the hand of God that will move for them, that will get them through their hard time. And they'll learn something in it somewhere in their life that'll work for their good. Amen. Hallelujah. About 13 months later, God gave me a beautiful son. I didn't have to do anything but let God do his part. Amen. He gets really embarrassed and red in the face when I look at him and say, you're my precious baby boy, what I prayed and asked God for. <laughs> and I still tell him that, amen. Hallelujah. And I mean it with all of my heart, even when I'd like to pull his ears off. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is so good. He's so good. Hallelujah. I love him. I love him this morning. Go ahead, son. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. People said I'd never make it. I never see it through. They don't know what keeps me going. Guess they never have let you. All my life was in a shambles 
the day you came along You turned my tears into laughter And you gave me a brand new song And I'm still holding on Lord, I'll never let you go my heart, you touch my soul, and the bridges that I've burned, Lord, I've burned them to the ground, and I'm still holding on, because you're the best friend I ever found. Voted likely not to prosper Was left hanging o'er my head She'll never count for nothing That's what most people say And I've been known to be unsettled Never stayed around too long You're the treasure I've been searching for And I'm still holding on I'm still holding on Lord, I'll never let you You touched my heart, you touched my soul And the bridges that I've burned Lord, I'll burn them to the ground I'm still holding on you're the best friend I ever found behind me Lord I'll burn them to the ground I'm still holding on I ever found Hallelujah <laughs> Is he the best friend you ever found? Have you ever found one better mama? You're what, 77 years old, 78? Have you ever found a better friend than Jesus? Sister Lisa, have you ever found a better friend? Sister Deborah? 
You ever found a better friend than Jesus? Sister Pat. Sister Patty. Brother Christopher. <laughs> Sister Cat. Brother Thomas. Pastor, have you ever found a better friend? He won't fail you. Sometimes we like to blame him. We like to say, oh Lord, did you forget about me? What about my need, God? And he just sits there quietly and we think, where is he? Where'd he go? Why can't I hear from him? Why isn't he talking to me? And all the time, he's just letting you walk it out. Never really heard that phrase till I started going to Alabama. You got to walk it out. What's that mean anyway? Walk it out. What's that mean? Hallelujah. Boy, was I in for a lesson. <laughs> I learned what that meant. Walk it out. If you don't know what walking it out means, see me after church. I'll be happy to talk to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Would you make my pastor welcome? Hallelujah. Oh, I'm sorry. Who? Brother Michael? Is that who I'm giving it to? Brother Michael. Hallelujah. Come on. Give Jesus a big hand clap this morning. He's the reason that we're here. Hallelujah. I'm so happy to be here today. I count it an honor to be and a privilege to, to share this day of homecoming. And, you know, something just hit me as Sister Lisa was talking. Well, a couple of things did. God just began dealing with me. And I guess it was it's your, your, your mother or your grandmother that started the, the church or wh whatever. Anyway, that's not really important. What is important is, is what God began to deal with and what God began to speak to me. And you know what? If there's anybody here today that thinks... Well, maybe I ain't prayed enough. Maybe I ain't did this enough. Maybe I ain't did that enough. Maybe I ain't been faithful enough. Maybe I, but you know what? The scriptures tell me this right here. You know, some, sometimes you look out through the church, you look out through the congregation, and we think we're not doing enough. Maybe we should have did this. Maybe we should have did that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we should have did and maybe we didn't do. But let me remind you of a scripture that God uh, began to lay up on my heart. I began to hear a scripture. God began to speak to me and he said, there's a lot of, uh, 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 and I'm not going to quote this just perfect. I don't mess around with just trying to quote them just perfect. I just talk to it the way Jesus talks to me, if that's all right. Hallelujah. So uh, uh, he began to uh, remind me of there's the scriptures of, of harvest that I'm going to reap, that you're going to reap, that you had no labor in doing. There's some things, there's some people that's going to get saved, some people is going to cut. You know what? Because, uh, what was her name, sister? Your uh, mother or... Granny Harlan, Garland, Garland, Granny Garland, because she labored. Come on, people, because she labored. There will be souls in the church. Because somebody else labored. You know, I don't, I don't look at all the labor that I do in Fort Payne Church because I realize that, the, that, that labor has been done before me. Spirits have been bound before me. Spirits that, you know, that are on people's lives that have been bound. There's healings that God has already planning on doing because they've been labored. There's miracles because they've already been labored, church. And I'm going to reap the harvest. I'm going to see in the harvest. You know, not that we're not counting, you know, it's not like we're in, we're in school and we're in this game, a match against each other, and we get, you get a point and they get, no, it's all for the kingdom of God. And because people have labored before me, I got the faith to believe that people are coming in. 
I, well, you know, when I see through spiritual eyes at this church, I see it full. I see miracles. I see deliverance. I see all of, I see all of that. You know why? Because there was a vision and they was labored and it come forth and went forth everywhere. Just because I don't have to, I don't see it every day that I come in here doesn't mean that, that the, we was talking about atmosphere a while ago, but the atmosphere has already been set, ladies and gentlemen. The atmosphere has already been set for a miracle. The atmosphere has already been set for your salvation. Your atmosphere has already been set for your deliverance. You know who set that atmosphere? <laughs> that man named Jesus. Come on, can you thank Him? That song, who we're trusting in. You know, I used to trust in my job. I used to trust in all of my abilities. I used to trust in man. I used to trust in a lot of things. But the more I walk it out, I realize that my trust is not in me. My trust even though I trust my pastor and I put a lot of confidence in him, I don't think he would steer me wrong. But my trust is in Jesus. Because there's been people I've trusted, there's been people that I've counted on, and they've failed me. I've failed myself. But Jesus has never failed me. He's never failed me, and I don't think he's going to start today. Sister Pat, he's not going to start today failing us. Hallelujah. It's time that we get our eyes. Hallelujah. There's many promises that God has set before us. He's the promiser of a miracle. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. He's the promiser of the vision. He's the, 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 the vision giver of the woman who started the church. Woman who st- she, he gave her a vision yeah. of everything that you know. Sometimes we, we you ever just thought you know, we, or you you find yourself, brother Thomas, just saying, "Well, I just dream of the day." Well, it's time for us to quit dreaming, yeah. and it's time to understand that the atmosphere is uns- that, that has done been set for a miracle, for salvation, for deliverance, to whatever you need in God. For your chains to be set free, it's time for us to understand that the atmosphere has been set. All that we have to do is just trust in the Lord Jesus. You know, we relate it to an atmosphere about being set. Well, what is the atmosphere? Because I've come to a church service and I've run the aisle and I've jumped and I've danced and I've sang and I've went out the same way that I came in. But there's been times that something's happened to me in that. And there's been times... When I just kneeled on the chair on the ground all by myself, nobody was in there with me. Nobody touched me. Nobody prayed with me. And I raised my hands to heaven and I didn't really feel anything. But I got up and I left changed. So it really doesn't matter about how I feel. Even though feeling good feels good. Shouting feels good because I love to shout and I love to dance and shoot. Y'all people don't know me. I, I, you, I take a notion, I'll jump three benches. Walk on the tops of them. That's great. <laughs> or go out and run around the church. But I'm here to tell you, 
If we start believing that the atmosphere, that the atmosphere, you know, the, the great thing in the, uh, the great holdback of the church is having to feel a certain way when we're out there in the world. How do you expect to feel like, how do you expect to feel the same way? Do you understand? we got a body of believers here. There's a, if you want to say an atmosphere, you know, we're all believing, all faith. There's a certain way that you feel and that is tangible to you. You're not going to feel that at Walmart because you're not surrounded by the same thing. You're not surrounded. You're surrounded. Uh, we're surrounded by a body of believers here that has faith in Jesus. You might be out there. Come on. You go to Walmart. Come on. You're surrounded by everything in the world. But the atmosphere for souls to be saved, people to be healed, delivered, and set free has already been set and it's already been paid for and promised to me. And it's up to us to just go out and lay hand, lay hold on it. Put our faith into action. We'll say, Brother Mike, what if nothing don't happen? Well, what if something does? If nothing, if nothing happens, what? 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 You know, I prayed for a lot of people. Some's got healed and some hadn't, but I ain't never hung my heads like this and walked up because I know of a promise. I read a Bible of healing and deliverance. You know, I just go, to, I just go back to work on myself. It ain't Sister Pat's fault because something ain't happening. I, I take full responsibility. I just need to get more of God. I just need to get more confidence in God. I just need to get to where I can hear Him more. Maybe, maybe I went out in flesh. I wasn't supposed to do that. Or maybe... Just maybe, Sister Susie, I sowed a seed. Just maybe I was doing labor that I will never, never see. That I will never see, but somebody else. That our young children, we got a lot of some young children in here. And I believe this, I, I believe that, man, y'all think we've seen a, you know, great days of revival? No. I believe we're going to see a great revival. These young people are going to head up. You know, it's just up to us to, you know, somebody had to hold on and keep on holding on. Before the great healing revival, before Azusa Street, there was a great, just, I mean, a great depression. I mean, the whole United States, the whole people, a lot of people of God were just in a, in a state maybe, I would just say like a, a depressed state, but somebody had to hold on. So maybe we just on that holding on state. But somewhere it's just going to break loose. Somewhere it's going to break loose. And you're not going to be able to contain what God is going to do, Sister Susie. Who do I give this to? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Man, you almost want me to double down on it today. i got two Bibles out here. What? That's mine? Yeah, I know, but did you buy me one? Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I was beginning to wonder. I walked out here and laid my Bible down, and I seen another Bible. I said, man, they must want double down today. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you all. Praise God. But I want us to go to prayer because I believe the Word. The Bible says, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. You hear what I said? So whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them.
When I pray, I believe. Because if I'm not believing, I'm not going to waste my time to pray. Praying and not believing, you're getting nowhere. You're spinning your wheels. But if you believe, if, you, if thou canst believe, you know when they brought that, that man brought his son to Jesus that was lunatic. And the disciples tried to cast devils out of him, couldn't. By that time, Jesus walked in. And he said, Lord, he said, I brought my son to the disciples. Cast the devils out of him, they could not. Jesus just shook his head. He said, oh, you faithless. And you perverse generation, how long am I going to serve you? He said, bring him to me. Bring him to me. And as the child started coming, the devil hid him and wallowed him on the ground. And the man cried out, Lord, if I can do anything to help us, help us. Jesus said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And the man cried out, Lord, help my unbelief. Jesus spoke to that spirit and come out of him. You got to believe. I don't care what your situation looks like. I don't care what's happening in your life. I don't care how hopeless it looks. There's always hope in Jesus. There's always hope in Jesus. I was in India back in, I think it was 94. And we was ministering to about 40 or 50,000 a night. And a man come to me after service, just begged me to come pray for his daddy. His daddy had a brain tumor. And they had him in the hospital. And when I walked in, on that concrete floor, you could feel the grit under your shoes. And I walked into a room probably twice this big. That was their ICU. People was laying on cots. This man was laying on a cot that had an oxygen tube in his nose. He was already balled up in the fetal position. His eyes were starting to roll back in his head. And I walked over and I got down beside him, Sister Pat, and I laid my hands on him, prayed for him. Took a prayer cloth, stuck it in his pocket. The brothers that was with me, when we walked out, I said, if that man comes around, you'll know God moved. I didn't feel a thing, Sister Susie, but I believed. It ain't what you feel, it's what you believe. Jesus didn't say, if you can feel me. He said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. 24 hours didn't go by. I was on the platform the next morning, and that man's son run up the prayer ramp and almost tackled me. He picked me up and started shouting and praising God. Said, my daddy woke up and he's coming home. They come out of a fetal death state and the brain tumor disappeared. God raised him off his deathbed. Why? Because I prayed for him. No, somebody believed. It was God's will to raise him up. There's nothing too hard for God. You got to take the limits off of him. You got to take the limits off of him. You can't look at your circumstance, look at your situation, and pray and wonder if God's going to move. That's what a lot of people do. They'll pray and wonder if God's going to move. No, you've got to have that solid, positive faith, knowing the promises of God, that what God has said, He will perform. 
What God has said, He will perform. You know, when God spoke to Abraham that He was going to have a son, Abraham was 75. Sarah had never bore a son. Went on another 25 years and Abraham got to 100. Sarah, 90. She done went through the time of change. Abraham got old. He was impotent. And then God spoke to him. That promise I made you 25 years ago, I'm fixing to bring it fast. <laughs> Paired to him in the form of three men. Come sit down and eat with him, Brother Kevin. While he's sitting there, he said, at the time appointed, about this time next year, Sarah's going to conceive and bring forth a son. And Sarah was sitting behind, him, behind the tent door. And she laughed. <laughs> she said, me being old, am I going to have pleasure with my Lord again? And at 90 years old, am I really going to conceive? And the Lord spoke and rebuked Sarah and her behind the tent door. He said, Sarah, thy wife laughed. She stuck her head out and said, I didn't. He said, oh, yes, you did. <laughs> See, about that time next year, God said at the time appointed. You got to realize there's a time appointed for God to move. Your mama founded this church. She done her part. But God set this church here for this last day move of God. But what's going on right here right now is God's will and God's purpose. And it's going to fill this church up. It's going to run it over. And we're going to build a new church. You can believe that or not. I done seen it. I was in prayer here one morning and the Lord began to show me in the Spirit. And I come out here and told the people. I said, I saw the people right here get in prayer. Start praying. And the, I seen the Spirit of God just like an aura start going out of this church. Went out for four or five miles around and I seen God start healing, delivering people, convicting them of their sins, setting them free. And I seen people drive up the road and when they got in front of the church, they stopped and they pointed at that church said, the God in that church is real. The God in that church is changing people's lives. The God in that church is bringing deliverance. The God them people believe in. He manifests. He shows himself. He reveals himself. My God, that's what the church is for. Bible says in Joel 2 that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered and in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. That's the church. Shall be deliverance. My God, where's the church of deliverance? Where's the church where the hand of God is revealing itself? God don't want his church dead. He wants his church alive. Hallelujah. I may even embarrass some of y'all. Some of y'all was raised in old-fashioned Pentecost. And y'all know the reality of God. You might have got dignified. <laughs> and you may perspire now instead of sweat. <laughs> but I still sweat. <laughs> and I still believe in a God that's real. When God spoke that word to Abraham, the Bible says in Romans 4 that Abraham called the things that be not as though they were. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but believed that what God has spoken, he was able to perform it. You've got to believe in your situation what God has spoken. He's able to perform. It don't matter what your circumstance is. It don't matter what your situation is. If God said it, he'll do it. Amen. God said it, he'll do it. Numbers, I believe it's 23 and 19. He said, for God is not a man that he should lie. 
neither the Son of Man that he should repent, but he, he said, if I've said it, I'll do it. If I've spoken it, I shall surely bring it to pass. And somewhere, see, we keep saying, well, somewhere the Scripture's got to come to pass. That somewhere's right here. Right now, God is moving. This is the day of God's hand bringing great deliverance to a nation and a generation. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how desolate it feels. I don't care how desolate it seems. I was telling my wife the other day, I remember a preacher way back in the 70s, he had a vision. The Lord took him out and he was looking to the earth and, and, and the devil was walking across the earth and there was darkness behind him. And everywhere he went and stepped, dark, just gross darkness followed him. And that preacher cried out to God and said, God, you're going to let the devil take over he said, and Jesus said, don't you worry about it. He said, I, I got my eye on the devil. He said, I'm going to hit him off. By the time the devil took another step, Jesus just stepped down right in front of him and said, whoa. Started backing him up. Hallelujah. Don't lose hope in God. Don't lose faith in God. Don't lose trust in God. For what God has said, he's able to perform. Are y'all hearing me? What God has said, he's able to perform. And I know God's real. Are you hearing me? I'm, I'm fixing to go on 64 years old. And I've been raised in a move of God. When I was born, my daddy was a Pentecostal preacher. We didn't go to doctors. And I ain't against doctors. But when we got sick, our mom and daddy prayed for us. I've been healed of the measles, the flu, mumps, chicken pox, pneumonia. I've seen God put broke bones back together right before my eyes. When I was a little boy, I seen my mama burn her hand with a... Y'all remember the old bath canners? where you make jelly she was boiling jelly on the stove hit it turn that thing over her hand just blistered and my daddy was upstairs praying for service she screamed he come down saw them blisters already coming up on her hand he laid hold of her spoke the word of God to her and every blister dried up in a heartbeat in an instant all except one little bitty one right there she still got it and she said God why'd you leave that there he said to remind you of my miracle working power. My God ain't changed. My God's alive. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. I don't care what you're bound with. I don't care what your situation is. My God will set you free. He'll make you whole. Hallelujah. So you got to trust Him. you got to believe Him. you got to believe Him. we got a lady in our church in Fort Payne, Alabama. She's, I think she's 80. Sister Gordon. Sister Gordon about 90. My mom 91 going on 92. And we got a lady there named Sister Gordon. She's about 90. And in 1996, I wasn't pastor there then. I was still evangelizing. She called me. And she said, Brother Matter, I've just been diagnosed with leukemia. I've known her for since the 70s. I said, I'm going to be about 20 miles from here in Revival next week. I said, you get there. She come to that meeting, and they said this is what I told her. I don't remember it, but I was under a heavy anointing that night. I walked up to Sister Susie. I said, Sister Gordon, I said, you got to do one two things. I said, you got to believe in God or the doctors. I said, you can't trust both. I said, you got to trust one or the other. And I laid hands on that woman. She went back to the doctor next week. Doctors checked her, could not find her leukemia. Checked her about three times, could not find her leukemia. And the doctor sat down and talked to her and said, Well, 
Said, we don't know what's going on. Said, our machines can't find your leukemia. But we want you to start chemotherapy. She looked at that doctor. She said, let me get this straight. You can't find the cancer. But you want me to start taking chemotherapy anyway. He said, yes, ma'am. We know it's in there somewhere. We just can't find it. She looked at him. You just have no Sister Gordon. She looked at him and said, have you lost your mind? Have you lost your sanity? Said, you want me to take chemotherapy, get sick, go through all this for something you can't find? He said, yes, ma'am. She said, I ain't doing it. He said, you'll be back in my office in three months begging me to put you on morphine. You'll be in such pain. That was 1996. She's still alive today. Every year she goes back, they still can't find the cancer. Hallelujah. Still can't find the cancer. God's alive and he's real. This little man right here, I came to, what was it, 2012 or 2013? February, March, March 2012, wasn't it? Or was it February? March. Went to Victory Hall of Church. First time I ever met Brother and Sister Thomas Quentin. Went in there and preached. Prayed for this young man. He had aneurysms in his heart. They took him back to the doctor Tuesday. That next week. Doctor checked him three or four different times. And got mad. Because they couldn't find the aneurysms in his heart, wasn't it? Couldn't find them. God totally healed him. So see, God ain't changed. We the ones that's changed. We the ones that's lost our faith in God. But the Lord told me years ago, He said, People won't let me be God. He said, To get sick, they go to the doctors. They need money, they go to the bank. They get in a bad situation, they go to the government. He said, My people let me be God. He said, I'd be God to them. Ooh, did I say that out loud? That's all right, God's real. He said, I'm the Lord thy God, and I change not. Everything he's ever done, he'll do again. And there was an outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. But God said, that's the former rain. He said, there's coming a latter rain. He said, the latter shall be greater than the former. The glory of the latter house, Brother Kevin, is going to be greater than that of the former house. What God done in the book of Acts the day of Pentecost, that was the former house. What God's preparing to do now is going to be greater. Brother Ben, you really believe there's going to be a greater move than the book of Acts? Oh, yeah, I do. Because the Word says it. The Word says it. And I believe God. Will y'all go to prayer with me? And I don't care what you need today. There's people here. Need God, you need God to move in your life. You need God to heal you. Some of you, I can see pressure on your mind. You need God to set you free. Some of you just wrestling and going through things. But I'm going to tell you something, the hand of God's here to touch you. Can y'all not feel this? I can feel it. I can feel the outstretched hand of God just over this place like a blanket. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible, and I can't remember whether it's in Luke 5 or 6. But it says, And the power of the Lord was present to heal. The power of the Lord is present to heal today. I'm just a vessel. But God has put gifts of miracles and healings in my life and faith. 
that if I can get you to believe, not on me, but on Jesus, there's nothing impossible to faith today. There's nothing impossible to the hand of God. I don't care what's wrong with you. I don't care what you need. Abraham said what God has promised. He's able to perform. And the Bible said he was wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes. We were healed. Amen. All we like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he's forgiven all sins, all iniquities, and made provision for your peace and your healing. That's the God that I believe in. That's the Jesus that I serve. Amen. Nothing impossible. But you've got to believe it. Will you go to prayer with me? My Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord, overshadow this congregation. Touch every heart, touch every life, touch every person. God, bring things to work according to your will, Lord. I don't believe in trying to do anything that's outside your will. But I believe that all things are possible to them that believe. God, I feel that fear of faith, faith and deliverance and miracles in this place today. God, I thank you that you spoke to a lady many years ago to found this church. God, she done her part. God, now you give us the ability and the wisdom and the understanding to do our part. God, and take this thing to the next level, to the next place. Whatever your will is, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking. Above all things, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, we ask it to be so, Father. Amen. Would you give the Lord a good clap offering? Man, I really do appreciate that Bible. Hallelujah, that's great. Now, I'm going to preach to you for a few minutes. And I can preach 30 or 45 minutes, but if I feel y'all pulling back, I can preach an hour and a half, two hours. So y'all just make it light on yourself. <laughs> I got Sister Pat worried to death that I'm going to preach at 2 or 3 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> and I have, I have done it. I have gotten service to get preaching. I preach two, two and a half hours. But most of the time I preach usually about 30, 45 minutes because that's about all people can retain. And there ain't no sense in preaching something people ain't listening and they aren't hearing. But I believe God's going to help us today. Yes. Will y'all go with me to Matthew the ninth chapter? And I'm going to start there. Y'all there with me? Let's go to verse 18 of Matthew 9. While he spake these things unto them, behold... There came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead. But come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. That man believed. He believed there was something in Jesus. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. Behold, a woman which, diseased, which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, 
came behind him and touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself. That means she believed there was something in her, Brother Kevin. She said within herself, if I can but touch. If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Will you go with me? And I'm just going to lay a foundation to Mark 5. I'm going to lay a foundation where I want to go here today. I may not get to all my scriptures, but that's all right. I'm going to give you enough. If you let it, it'll activate your faith in God. Because, I, man, I just feel something walking up down the avenues of my soul today. Hallelujah. Glory. Man, if I turn loose, I just shout and have good church. But I won't preach the Word. Because it's the Word's what does something for you. Amen. Shouting's good. Praising God's good. Good singing's good. And I love to worship and praise God. But it's that Word gets down inside of you. It's going to keep you. And going to help you walk it out. <laughs> the reason they got to saying that is they'd come to me in Alabama start talking to me about what they're dealing with and what they're going through. I said, well, we're going to pray it out and we're going to walk it out. <laughs> so everybody knows Brother Metter believes in walking it out. There ain't no shortcuts to a trial. God starts trying to separate you from things and work things in your life, get things out of your life that hinders you. You may not know it hinders you, but He does. God puts you in the fire. He ain't pulling you out of the fire till you're done. <laughs> Isaiah, I believe it's 48 and 10, said, I've chosen you in the furnace of afflictions. Not out of it, in it. So God will put you in the furnace, see what you're made out of. Amen. Boy, y'all quiet today. <laughs> Mark 5, and let's look at 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood, and I'm just reading another version of what I just read, 12 years. And had suffered many things and many physicians, and had spent all that she had. Was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, I see the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto him, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole. Of thy plague. Would you bow your heads and let's ask God to bless this word. Father I thank you for your word. And I ask you to bless the reading of the word. Give me the utterance Lord. To speak your truths. Give me the wisdom God. To declare. Your whole counsel in this present day truth. And give the people eyes to see and ears to hear. And a heart to understand. We ask it all in that blessed holy name, Jesus. Amen.
Now the Lord give me this, and I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to let us rise and come to Jesus. But the Lord gave me this in India in 1994. We had just closed a crusade of about 50,000 people. And I know that sounds far-fetched in y'all's imagination, but I've actually been in India and stood before 14 solid acres of people and seen 50 and 60 and 70,000 a night. In that crusade, we preached over 100,000 a night. And we've seen 50 and 60 and 70,000 a night come and accept Jesus. And then we've seen God open blind eyes, unstop deaf ears, heal the lame, cast out demons, just like the Bible days. Because, see, when you preach to them people, simple faith about Jesus, and then you take somebody blind or deaf and dumb and you put them up there and you demonstrate that God's a healer, they simply believe. They don't have a lot of religious doctrine in them to keep them from believing. They just simply believe. So I was in India, and we just left a crusade. Uh, where I'd preached this. And this is what God put in my spirit. I don't know where I got it, but somewhere I got the history. Somebody brought me Bible history printed out on this woman with the issue of blood. And said there was a little girl about 12, 13 years old. And when Jesus got off that boat, Jairus come up to him and knelt down and beseeched him said, Lord, my daughter is at the point of death. Will you come and lay your hands on her? I believe she'll live. And that little girl heard that. And her mother was the one with the issue of blood. She knew that girl. And she said, if Jesus is going to Jairus' house, he got to come by my house. So she took off running, and she got to the house where her mama was laying on that sick bed. Bible said she had an issue of blood. She just kept passing blood. Tried all the physicians, spent everything she had on doctors. The Bible said rather grew worse, nothing better. Doctors couldn't help her. There are just some things doctors can't do. And cancer is one thing they just can't do a lot with. There are diseases. I, I, I'm not against doctors. I've just always believed. I was raised with a faith in God. Like I said, I've seen God heal burns, broke bones. i got a baby sister, uh, born 1960. She laid in the base of a church in Ohio with double pneumonia. God raised her off her deathbed by prayer. She died with double pneumonia and got raised her up. So see, I've seen the miracle working hand of God. I've seen God move in my family, in my kids. I'm standing before you walking, talking, breathing miracle. I fell off a roof in 2000. I've got a disc in my back flat as a pancake. And I still do whatever I want to do because God healed me. I spent five days laying in a hospital bed, and they come in and told my wife, so we're going to go in here, and we're going to cut him here, and we're going to put a plate on that disc, and we're going to do this, and we're going to put a plate on his pelvic bone. And, and I told her when the doctor walked out, I said, you can just go get my discharge papers, take me home. I said, I done seen too many miracles. And I said, now wait on God. doctor come back in the next day, said, well, we're just going to send him home, put an elastic back brace on him, and see how he does. And I'm going to tell you, eight months I suffered. Eight months I hurt, but I kept petitioning God, believing God, walking out faith in God. 
I couldn't even set myself up on the side of the bed when I first went home, Sister Pat. I had fractured him. I broke him two ribs. Broke that elbow right there. And I had to roll on my right side. My wife would take this arm and set me up on the side of the bed. And I'd take that elastic back brace and I'd pull it just tight as I could get it. And I'd grab hold of a walker. And I'd push myself up. And I'd say, I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. I'd take a step and I'd say, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'd take another step and I'd quote another scripture. There's my wife asking. I mean, for days and weeks, every time I'd take a step, I'd quote the word of God. And I said, devil, ain't no way you'd get me down. Devil tormented me for about a month that I'd never preach again, never have another miracle, never finish my calling. I had failed God. My faith had left me. But let me tell you something. I come through. I walked it out. <laughs> and I came through. And God brought great deliverance in my life and put great faith in miracles. That's one thing that really increased my faith. The first man I prayed for uh, after I come through that about four months uh, had been in a car wreck and had vertebrae and discs messed up in his back. I laid hands on him. Couldn't hardly stand up. I laid hands on him. God healed him. He ran around the church where I was at in a camp meeting. Healed, delivered by the power of God. Hallelujah. Because when he told me the pain he was in, I said, I can feel your pain. I knew exactly what he's feeling, Brother Michael. I knew that pain. Are you hearing me? When you experience something, you can identify what people are going through. And it'll move you with compassion. But anyway, this little girl was uh, playing. And she heard that Jesus tell that man, said, go ahead, I'll follow you. She took off running. She got to her house. She said, Mama. She said, Mama, get up. She said, what, sweetheart? She said, I don't know who this guy is. Said some man got off the boat up there and his name's Jesus. Said he's some kind of physician, some kind of healer. She says, honey, we done spent everything we got on doctors. She said, no, mama. Said he's different. Said there's something about this man. Said he don't, he don't practice medicine. Said they say he's got great power with God and the blind seeing the deaf hearing. The dumb, the lame are walking and the dumb's talking. Said, come on, mama, you can't just lay here and die. She said, well, honey, I said, I done tried all these healers. I done tried all the... Said, well, mama, he, he ain't exactly a healer. Said, he's a prophet, too. Said, well, we done went to every one of them. Said, ain't nothing happening. She kept she kept trying to motivate her. You ever had anybody try to motivate you to believe in God? You shouldn't need any motivation to believe in God. You ought to be able to take hold of that word and dare to believe and have faith in what God has said. He's able to perform it. So she started rousting her mama around. So y'all know everywhere Jesus went, there was a crowd. So Jesus headed out. He got off that boat, headed out to Jairus. That's out. Here they come. Started throwing him. Started reaching out to him. Everybody touching him. Everybody reaching for him. Everybody just wanting, hoping. Because there's places in the Bible where it says everybody touched him was made whole. Did y'all know that? Everybody that come in the press and touched him was made whole. And so here people were touching him and reaching for him. And that little woman got up and she she walked outside her house and she looked and here the streets was already lined with people. Up one side and down the other just lined with people. And she told her daughter, she said, honey, she said, it ain't no use. I won't never get in that crowd. I won't never get through them. She said, 
said, Mom, I tell you what. I, she said, I don't care if you got to get down on your hands and knees and crawl. I said, I'm going to go out there on that street, I, and when I see Jesus coming, I'm going to holler at you. I, they said, you got to crawl between their legs. I, whatever you got. Somehow that woman was down I, where she could touch the hem of his garment. I, and he said, if you got to crawl on your hands and knees, Mama, we're going to get to Jesus. I, said, you can't just sit here and die. I, some people rather sit and die than come to Jesus. I, my God, it's time to rise up. I, it's time to rise up. I, it's time to rise up I, and come to Jesus. I was in a meeting when God gave me this in India. And I preached this to about 20,000, maybe 30,000 people. I was in a big schoolyard over in India. And I preached on this. And I was going to demonstrate a miracle. I was hoping maybe. Might get a deaf mute. Might get somebody lame. Oh, no. I gave the altar call and started praying for people and prayed the salvation prayer. And then I called for the sick the wrong way up the prayer ramp. Not where the people were lined up over but the wrong way coming up. Here come a blind man. Hollering. That word was for me. I need God to heal me. And they got him and led him up the prayer ramp. And that man got up there in front of me. And I, his eyes was like this. And I pulled him eyes open. And they were just white. No color. Just white. Wasn't nothing I could do. <laughs> he was there. And I just preached. Well, if you rise and come to Jesus in faith, God will heal you. So I told him, raise his hands up to the Lord. I took a prayer cloth like this and I just wrapped it over his eyes like this. I said, now God, you could have done this a little different. <laughs> I said, you could have given me somebody deaf and dumb or somebody deaf or somebody with a short leg. I said, now, that kind of face is easy for me. I said, but blind eyes, something I always struggled with a little bit. And I had my hands wrapped around that on each side of that man's head that hangs across his eyes, and I just reaching to the Lord and the Lord spoke to me he said you have faith for me to drop a cancer I said yes sir he said you have faith for me to grow short leg I said yes sir he said you have faith for me to cast out a deaf and dumb spirit I said I do I said I've seen you do it too many times I just something's in my faith he said when I grow a short leg he said do you realize I grow bone Skin, muscle, blood vessels, ligaments, leaders. He said, in a heartbeat, I can grow a leg inch and a half, two inches. I said, yeah, you can. He said, this ain't nothing anymore than just no blind devil. He said, you cast out deaf demons, you cast out dumb demons by the power of God. He said, just believe. He said, it's just another stubborn devil, just like a deaf or dumb devil. And I just said, well, Lord, why didn't you say so? And I'm telling you, faith hit my heart. And I spoke to that man by the Spirit of God. And when I took that handkerchief down, wiped his eyes, two big old brown eyes was looking at me. 
We had big old halogen lights shining down on that prayer ramp. It was at night. And I turned his head and I pointed him right up at that light. And the Lord showed me something about blind eyes. Sometimes they don't happen immediately. But I took one of these prayer cloths and I told the interpreter, the interpreter stand beside me. I said, you tell him, tell me when he starts seeing. I started doing this about 15 feet from him. About 30 seconds went by and I was doing this. About 45 seconds went by, maybe a minute. And the devil said, that man can't see. I said, you sorry, lying devil. I said, I felt you leave. I said, God healed that man. I was doing this and all of a sudden his hand come out. He told that interpreter, he said, I see him waving that white rag. That crowd went crazy. And you talking about miracles. You talking about deliverance. But see, that man got up in his faith. And he came to Jesus. Got up in his heart and in his faith. See, faith is in here. It's in your spirit, man. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about the spirit of man. Amen. It ain't talking about this natural flesh and blood thing. It's talking about the spirit of man. Y'all hear me? It's talking about the spirit of man. So that little girl, she got out there on the road. She was looking down the road. Here comes Jesus. She could see her mama back there about 15, 20 feet away. The crowd just had her push back. Every time she tried to get up, push her back. She tried to, because everybody was looking for a miracle. Everybody was looking for God to heal them. Everybody was looking for that touch. But she said within herself, she said, if I can just get to the place, I can touch his clothes. I don't want him to stop. I don't want him to lay hands on me. I don't want him to pray for me. I just need to touch his clothes. Now, you can believe this or not. I've been in crusades on the farm field preaching and I've had people come up touch my pants leg and God heal them. I've had it happen. Seen it happen. Felt one of the virtue come out of me. Jesus was coming. Everybody reaching for him. Everybody thronging him. Everybody touching him. Everybody pressing him. Everybody crying. That son of David, have mercy on me. I need a miracle. Heal me. Here, pray for me. Lord, touch me. About that time, that little girl saw Jesus coming, and she hollered back and said, Come on, Mama, here he comes. Here he comes, Mama, come on. And I can see that woman get down and start crawling between them people's feet, just crawling on that ground, just crawling down through there. And, man, she got up there, and just as Jesus walked by, she reached out maybe just one little finger, she just touched the hem of his garment. Any of you ladies got on a wide skirt or something or you walking and, and, and it brushes something, you ain't going to feel it. There ain't no way Jesus physically felt that touch. Ain't no way he physically felt that touch. But when he walked by and that woman reached and touched the hem of his garment because she had said within herself and purposed in her heart, if I can but touch his clothes, I, I will be made whole. And when he walked by, she just reached and touched him. Jesus got about two or three steps down through there and he stopped. He felt a virtue come out of him. And he stopped and he looked. And he said, Peter, who touched me? Peter looked at the crowd and the other disciples. He said, what's he mean who touched him? He said, everybody's touching him. Everybody's touching him. He said, Lord, I don't know who touched you. He said, look at the crowd. Everybody's touching you. Everybody's throwing you. He said, no, you don't understand, Peter. He said, faith has touched me. Somebody has touched the throne of God. 
faith has touched me. He said, for I perceive that that power, that virtue has gone out of me. Somebody's got a miracle. And Jesus just stopped, started looking for the person. Started looking around. The woman kind of fearful hit herself. And in just a minute, she come forward. She said, Lord, it was me. He just smiled at her and said, Daughter, be of good cheer. Thy faith. See, ain't always up to the minister. There's faith here today. There's power here. If you got any feelers at all, you can feel the presence and power of God in this place. It's here. But you got to believe. You got to believe. You got to believe. He just stopped. He said, Daughter, be of good cheer. Thy faith. See, the, the presence and the power was there. She had to believe. She had to believe. You go over to Mark 10. Jesus was coming out of Jericho. There's a man sitting there that probably ain't one of you hadn't heard of blind Bartimaeus. So blind Bartimaeus sitting there by the highway side begging. He heard this commotion coming. Everybody hollering, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he got louder and he got louder. And then as it went by him, he got softer and got softer. And Bartimaeus sitting there, Jesus. Jesus, now I know that name. I've heard that somewhere. I know. And then all of a sudden it hit him. He said, that's that new prophet. That's that man everybody's talking about. That's that new preacher. That's that prophet everybody's talking about. Said, I heard that he's opening the eyes of the blind. And, you know, when you lose your sight, your ears become super sensitive, they say. And so Barnabas heard the crowd moving away from him. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Kept moving. He cried again. And he cried again, and he cried again. And everybody said, shut up, you old blind beggar. He ain't got time to fool with you. Be quiet, hold your peace. Quit calling on him. And all of a sudden, Bartimaeus, with all of his might, knew that that may be his only chance to get a miracle. He screamed and he said, Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. And when he did, Jesus stopped he said, Peter, somebody's calling me. <laughs> I can see Peter shrug his shoulders and just look around and say, here we go again. <laughs> Over yonder coming out of Capernaum, somebody touched him now. Somebody's calling him. He said, my Lord and Savior. He said, everybody's calling you. <laughs> he said, no, you don't understand, Peter. He said, faith has touched me. I've heard the cry of faith. It ain't what you pray, it's how you pray. It ain't what you petition God for, it's whether you petition Him in faith or not. And Jesus stopped. Just kind of stilled the crowd, and here it come again. Jesus! That son of David, have mercy on me. He said, that's it. That's the voice. Find him. They said, Bartimaeus. He said, rise up. He said, for he calleth for you. Bartimaeus rose up and threw them old beggar garments aside. 
And they started leading him to Jesus. Cast your old beggar garments aside today. Quit begging God to move for you and start believing. You don't have to beg God. You got provision in His Word. You got provision in His Word if you're His child. If you're of the seed of Abraham, then you are the seed of Jesus Christ. Amen. But you got to believe it. They brought Bartimaeus up to him. He said, what is it that you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Jesus just looked at him and said, Believest thou that I'm able to do this? He said, Oh, I do. Jesus said, According to your faith. At them, my eyes popped open. Just come open just like that. Just come open just like that. And he followed him in the way, what the Bible says. I just finished a crusade in a city of about 40,000 people. There was a minister there that traveled a long way on a bus. And I had to go to his town to catch a plane to get back to Bombay. I was fixing to fly back to America. And I told him, I said, you go to your city. You get out the word. I'll be there tomorrow night. He just hung his head and started crying. He said, brother, he said, you can't come to my church. I said, Why? He said, I ain't got about 30, 40 people. He said, and you preach to this crowd and you're going to turn and come to my church and preach to just a handful of people? I said, son, I don't preach to crowds. I said, I preach to people. Lord told me years ago, he said, you don't worry about the crowd. He said, I stopped at the well and ministered one-on-one. He said, it ain't the crowd. He said, it's the need of the people. He said, if i got to slow you down, just talk to one. So he caught the bus that night after service about 1 o'clock in the morning. Rode all night long. He had a little rented schoolroom, probably about this big right here. When I got there that night, says Susie, there was 300 and something people sitting up because they sat on the floor over there. They're sitting on the floor, and I had about as much room as this piece of carpet to stand and preach. And I preached this word right here. They opened the windows and turned one of the speakers out <laughs> to the neighborhood. And I could see out in the schoolyard, as I preached, people kept gathering. They just kept gathering. And they just kept scooting forward and scooting forward, and people kept coming in. And they kept scooting forward, and I kept stepping back, and they kept scooting forward, and I kept stepping back, and they kept scooting forward. Because I was probably standing in a square about four before. Didn't have nowhere to go. And I said, everybody wants to see, receive Jesus as your Savior. Stand on your feet. Everybody stood up. And I said, y'all want to receive Jesus? Raise your hands. Take one step forward. And they did. My back was against the wall. I looked out there. The whole courtyard was full. Probably another five, six, seven hundred people out there in that courtyard. And people standing in the road. And I started praying for people and praying for people for an hour and a half. The last little lady I prayed for had a little old blind boy. He's probably three or four years old, just my guess. She's holding him in his arms. The interpreter come up. She stepped up. I said, what she want? She said, you preached about this God named Jesus. 
that would save and deliver and heal and open the eyes of the blind. Now she won't see him do it. Don't preach something if you don't believe it. And I've done the same thing. I just took one of these prayer cloths and wrapped it around that little boy's eyes. His mom holding him. He's done like that. Prayed the prayer of faith for him. Let that old blind spirit leave. And his mom was, I got this on video somewhere if I can find it. Wiped him eyes. When I looked, two big old brown eyes looking at me. And I told the interpreter the same thing. I said, you tell him. And I was standing probably about like this, brother. Just about like this. Just waving there. He just looked at me, them eyes fixed for probably about a minute. You know, people's eyes are blind. They're, they're fixed. He just looked at me about a minute. Then all of a sudden, I seen his eyes shift from side to side. Went up, and he looked at his mama's face for the first time. Then he reached his hand out and started doing like this. That man wrote me about three weeks later. Said a revival broke out from that one service. He had to get a bigger building. Almost 300 people got saved in that revival because of that miracle. And brought great deliverance. And I hadn't heard from him since then, so I, I pray he went on and preached and lifted up Jesus. Because he was a Muslim before he gave his heart to God. They had a price on his head to kill him because he was now preaching Jesus. See, y'all don't know how blessed we are here. Y'all don't know how blessed that we are and what God has done for us in this nation. I'm going to tell you something. We don't get in prayer, start seeking God for revival. We, we poise to lose our religious freedoms. We poise to lose a lot of freedoms. Persecution's coming. You just might as well get ready for it. It's overseas. People getting killed for their faith. You ain't no better Christian than they are. Oh, well, Brother Matter, I'm leaving. Well, you might and you might not. They ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. They've been put to death for what they believe. Churches are being burned. Pastors are being killed. You don't never know what you... And I, I tell people, don't you go to the mission field, just say you've been in the mission field. You better be led by the Spirit of God. Because you can get over and it'll cost you your life. You get in the wrong situation, it costs you your life. Believe me, I've been there many times. I've been in India several times, Philippines, Central America, South America, all across the United States and all across Canada. I preached the gospel for 44 years this year. Evangelized for 22 years with tents. Whenever we're having tent revivals. Revivals in the wintertime, buildings and churches. And I've always declared this gospel of faith, healing, and deliverance. Of salvation. God's real. I don't care what your doctrine is. I don't care. You put your eyes on Jesus. Put your faith in Him. He's going to help you. Amen. Amen. He's going to help you. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a savior. He touched my life when I was 19 years old. I didn't go to seminary. I don't have any Bible education other than what I'd done when I got in that Word. And when God saved me, I spent five, six hours a day in the Word. Hours in prayer. Days in fasting. Because I want God to be real to me. I told the Lord, I said, you call me to preach, you put me out there. I said, I ain't going to be like other preachers. 
Because you shake 100 preachers out of a bag, 99 of them are going to be just alive. I said, I'm going to be different, right? Preaching. How many of y'all say you think God made me different? <laughs> People know me, they know God's made me different. There's just something in me. I'll make you walk it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. And those are of you that are sick in body or you want me to pray for you, I'm fixing to pray the prayer of faith for you. I want to pray for you right here. Would you step out here? That's all right. I don't know. You don't know if I've ever seen you. You might have been in my meetings. I don't know. Step right up here. Just raise your hands up to the Lord. There's a, a pressure and a warfare on your mind. You're wrestling a lot of things. God's real in your life. But you're searching for something you can't find. It's put a lot of pressure in your mind. You're going through a lot in your nerves. You're going through a lot in your mind. And there's a warfare. But the Lord's going to set you free. In the Bahatra. Sucre era astorinchi. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my God, there it comes right there. There it comes right there. Hallelujah. And I don't know you, but I can tell you, you're called of God. The hand of God's on your life. And if you go into a time of submission, just a, uh, just a little while every day, studying that word in prayer, God's going to bring you forth. And there's a great visitation of the Spirit of God fixing to fall in your soul. And a healing goes through your nerves and in your body right now. You're made whole from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. In Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, he's here. I'm telling you, he's here. Hallelujah. I feel him. I said, I feel him. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to suffer if you can believe. You don't have to go through it mentally. You don't have to go through it physically. God will even heal you financially. If you trust him and do what's right in his sight. Hallelujah. And this is one secret God taught me back in 2013. Family. Needs to pray together and study the Word together every night. I started preaching on family altar in May of 2013. Preached on it probably for two solid years at our church. It's important. My daddy was a preacher, had miracles. He prayed. Mama prayed. They had faith in God. We seen miracles. But Mama and Daddy never took the time to teach us to pray. They thought because we went to church and God was real, we knew how to pray. This is my son here. I raised them like I was raised. I never taught them to pray, Brother Thomas. I was a praying man. My wife prayed. He knows God's real. He grew up with miracles. He's seen great deliverance. But he never learned to pray. When he went off to college, he got bound with some things. The devil tried to destroy him because he's called of God. But God delivered him, brought him in, saved him. He come to me in one of our men's meetings down in Fort Payne, Alabama. just broke my heart. Because God's mended our relationship. There was a strain there for a long time. I didn't know what the trouble was. But he said, Daddy, he said, if you just taught me to pray. If you just taught me to pray. He said, I probably could have handled some of these pressures. Because, see, when he was like, what, 11, 12, how old was he when I fell off the roof? 11. I fell off the roof and busted my body up, Sister Pat. He told God, he said, God, I don't understand. 
He said, there my daddy has given his life traveling all over the world, preaching, having miracles, and you let this happen to him? Let me, old boy, he didn't understand. And then about three years later, lightning hit our house and burned it. They lost every, my kids lost everything they had. He didn't understand. They didn't know how to deal with that kind of pressure. I knew it was a trial. I could handle it. It's one of the hardest trials I've ever been through. So, get a family altar. Study the Word with your kids. Put a foundation under them. Teach them to pray. Because if you don't, there's going to come a time when they're going to need to know how to pray. That they ain't going to be able to pray. Because they hadn't been taught how. The Bible plainly says train up a child in the way it should go. That don't mean take them to church and turn them loose. That means teach them. The things of God. Teach them the Word. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to walk with God. I didn't do it with my kids, but buddy, my grandkids is a whole different story. My wife didn't start it with our grandkids. What well, started when they, she was three years old? Start with her prayer, studying the Bible, and now they come see me. I'll sit down with them. I'll just get down on the floor with them at night. And they'll pick a Bible story out of a book. And I won't read the Bible story. I'll let them look at the pictures, but I'll just preach to them. It's about 10 minutes. I can make David and Goliath come alive. I can make Joshua making the sun stand still. I can make it come alive. Moses parting the Red Sea. I can make it come alive. And they'll sit there and they'll fasten their eyes on me, Brother Kevin. They'll just... I'm telling you, they, for 10 minutes or so, wherever God leads me to it, they won't move. They won't move. And then when I get through, I say, now we're going to pray. I'll get them bow their heads. My little grandson, he's he's about two and a half. Sometimes he's a little fidgety, but they will. Yeah, he puts his he puts his hand up over his eyes. And I ain't got them with me to pray with me yet. She's got them pray before they go to bed. But I'll start praying with them when I get through. My granddaughter, she knows when I said, and we ask it all in the name of Jesus. She'll throw them hands up, and go, Amen. So see, I'm starting to teach them. Because this is something God taught me. If the home's out of order, the church is out of order. If you don't get the home in order, you can't get the church in order. Well, Brother Matter, my husband, my wife ain't safe. Pray by yourself. Find your prayer partner. Find your prayer partner. But submit yourself to the Lord every day. It don't take long. You give God 10 or 15 minutes in studying Word, 10 or 15 minutes in prayer, it'll start growing. The more you pray, the more you want to pray. The more you study that Word, the more you want to study it. Amen. Let God make Himself real to you. Let God make Himself real to you. I don't mind praying for you, but I want you to believe. If you got something in your life or in your body or something you need God to work out for you, if you just want to come right now, I'll lay hands. I believe in laying on of hands. I believe in anointing with oil. If the Lord leads me that way, I will pray the prayer of faith for you, and I will believe God. But you got to believe it. you got to believe it. I'm going to pray for you for that thyroid. Come on right now. Now, won't you believe God? Take your glasses off. You ain't done yet.
God ain't by no means give me that oil up there. God ain't by no means through with you. I've told you that from the first time I come in this church. You may not be a pulpit minister, but I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, you fix and touch lives right out here on the street. Because what's in you is coming alive, and it's in there. You know it's in there. And you know God has talked to you about people and that you have a purpose. But I'm going to curse this thyroid. You coming off this medicine, you coming off this thing that keeps you pulled down in the... Oh, ha, woo, ready. I curse the very root of this thyroid trouble. I command the creative hand of God to give you a brand new thyroid. Lord, you said in your word, ask me things to come. Concerning my sons, but concerning the works of my hands. Come on, give me a command. I command a new thyroid. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Y'all better watch her, she drunk. Done been sipping on the wine, ain't you? <laughs> Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you need God to do for you, brother? The doctor said I got a, a little flap on one of my heart valves uh -huh. that's sticking. It ain't flapping right, huh? <laughs> he said the blood's not flowing freely. And okay. It's backing up in the chamber of my heart. Okay. So he's, he's watching. Makes you feel really bad, don't it? Yes, sir. Take all your energy? Yes, sir. You're a young man yet. They've, they've went everywhere all their lives and sang and testified. and I love to hear them sing. Him and her get singing. I, I love to hear y'all sing. I really do. I was trying to think of that song y'all sing. Oh, I'm blessed. They come to church. They drove all the way down to Alabama. From coming Georgia and come down there and sing one night, sing that song, I'm blessed. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I am blessed. In the morning when I wake up, I'm blessed. To the time that I lay my feet to rest, I'm blessed. Are you blessed? You can be. In the night, in Jesus, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Y'all appreciate the Lord? Can you feel His presence? Can you feel the Spirit of the Lord? Young man, if you don't mind, let me pray for you. Is that all right? I don't know nothing about you. Raise your hands up to the Lord. But I can tell you this, you're called of God to do a work for Him in these last days. This thing's fixing to go with young people. Y'all hear me? I might lay a foundation. I might blaze some trails. But these young people fix to take this gospel and run with it. And they're going to preach, prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. For even knowest this, my son, that before I formed thee in thy mother's womb, I knew thee. Before thou camest out between the knees and take of thy first breath, I got to ordain thee to do a work for me. Give thy heart unto me. Give thine attention unto me. For I, the Lord, shall begin to visit thee in dreams. 
and visions and prepared thee for great is the visitation of my spirit that's coming to the earth and I'm laying a foundation and I shall take thee and mold thee in mine image and in my likeness and I shall declare my name and great shall be the soul saving and the deliverance that shall move in thy life for thou shall be a vessel that I shall flow into and flow out of for I the Lord have spoken and none can reverse oh, Woo, my God, the Lord's here. Man, God's here. Hallelujah. I said he's here. I said he's here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Do you love him? It's going to be all right. Do you know it? It's going to be all right. Here, take it right there. Christ, I command your name to be honored and glorified for his will to be wrought in your life. Bring it forth, Lord. Bring it forth, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you need me to pray for you, come on right now. Sister Patty, Lord spoke to me about you. Come here. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, God gets moving like this. Dinner can wait. <laughs> Raise them hands. You ain't going to have no more spells. You hear me? It's done. It's done. I'm going to lay my hands on you, and there's a burning fixing to go down through you and down through your heart, and you're going to feel the meek eye. Whoa! Mmm. Goes through you right now. Right now. Because it's God's time. Get ready. Get ready. There's a visitation of the Spirit of God fixing to hit Fort Payne Church, and you're going to have to be ready. You're going to have to be ready. It's coming. It's, it's, it's at the Baha. Whoa. And I still. I feel that God's going to use you to work a miracle before you leave that job down there. You're going to lay hands. I see you laying hands. I see you laying hands on somebody. And the pioneer. My God, somebody praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See, I don't care what people believe. Somebody got to declare Jesus. People have made religion too complicated. <laughs> it's a simple gospel. It's a simple gospel. They done put all these do's and don'ts on folks. My God, let's just repent, serve God, and be happy. Just keep the word. All these do's and don'ts and restrictions on people. Hallelujah. You know, they went and tried to put all these restrictions on the Gentiles, and Paul went to preaching to them. They started telling them, well, you can't be saved without being circumcised. You've got to do this, and you got to do that. And they went up to Jerusalem, got with Peter, and got with all the other elders. And they said, well, as long as they don't commit fornication, offered up things to eat the things that's offered up to idols and eat things strangled in with blood, they're going to be all right. And they went out and started preaching. Just simply believe God. <laughs> Just simply believe God. Had a man come to me one time. I had a tent in Fort Payne, Alabama, in 94. He come to me after service. He said, man, I like the way you preach. He said, and I think God's called you to be an apostle. He said, but you can't be an apostle unless you grow your beard. I said, dude, what? 
He said, man, you're going to be an apostle. You've got to grow you a beard. I said, well, I don't guess I'll ever be one because I don't ever plan on growing a beard. And I never thought about any kind of calling other than I was an evangelist. I was happy being an evangelist. Then God, 2000, spoke to me, start pastor. Evangelized 22 years, didn't do nothing but travel and preach. Didn't work a job, just traveled and preached. Days and days only, and I was gone from my family. If I had to do it over, I'd slow down a little bit. Spend more time at home. Because y'all think I'm kidding, but I was gone three weeks out of the month. 20, 21 days a month, I was on the field preaching, Brother Thomas. My kids in danger of going to hell, but I was fighting for everybody else's. But because I got out there and fought, and we believed and prayed, God helped my kids. I got some good kids to love God. Now God's brought this in. in. He, I've got two older, he's got two older sisters. God fixed them, bring them in. Anybody need prayer? We founded church in Fort Payne, Alabama, on April the 11th, 2015. God spoke to me. He said, I'm sending you forth. He said, you're going you're gonna to plant many churches. The very next day, I ministered to Brother Michael and Sister Patty. I didn't ask them if they wanted a church in Fort Payne. The Spirit of the Lord fell on me, and I just laid hands on them, anointed them, spoke the Word of God to them. And I told people in Fort Payne, I said, there's your pastor. I'm gone. <laughs> didn't I? Yes, sir. But they all knew it was coming. They knew it was the mind and will of God. And this brother went and quit his job. I mean, good job in Birmingham. Good benefits, good salary. Moved up there. Pastored the church. Now come 1st June, Sister Patty's quitting her job. They're going to both be up there living by faith. That takes a step. That takes a big step. What you need God to do for you? Do you believe? Yes. Believe by the stripes you're healed? Yes. Raise your hands. There's people here you need healing. Don't let this pass you by. Oh. Mm, in Jesus' mm, in Jesus' name. Done right there. Hallelujah. So we've got the church in Fort Payne. Brother Michael Harris, his wife back there, Sister Patty, they pastor. I just kind of overseer. Every now and then, just watch. But I'm gonna tell you, God has put so much in this man, brought him forth such a strong word. And I tell everybody, I said he's like a Timothy to me because he believes, he prays, he's dedicated, he seeks God, he ministers to the needs of the people. I told people on Port Payne the other night, I said y'all be be glad God gives y'all's pastors that cares about you and will get in here and fight for you, meet your needs. Because a lot of pastors they just won't preach. And they don't want to carry the burden of the people. You're a real pastor. You're going to carry the burden of the people. You're going to care about their needs, their sicknesses, their diseases, their hardships. You're going to carry that burden. You're going to carry that burden. And he knows. God's done spoke too many times. He fixing to explode in Alabama. He fixing to explode right here. Because I was preaching here probably a couple months ago. You remember when the Lord spoke to me and told me he fixed to put L.A.J. and Carter K. George on the map? You remember that spirit went through here? Man, it like electricity went across this congregation. Y'all remember? Everybody started shouting, praising God. Some folks started weeping, magnifying God. God going to put Ella Jane Carter K on the map. People everywhere in the world fix to know where this little bitty town is. 
You say you're crazy. No, I just serve a big God. I don't limit God's hands. I don't limit God's hands. I don't. Because I didn't see God do too many things. Make yourself too real. Amen. Anybody else needs prayer? Come on right now. Yes, sir. Okay. Is it like a carpal tunnel or something? Or? Believe with me. In the name of Jesus. I speak healing. I command the circulation to increase. Be made whole. Oh, hallelujah. Don't know anything about you, sir, but I know God's hand strong on you, life. I mean, big. Big. Hallelujah. Don't know what you do. You may already be a minister. Don't know, but the call's there, and God wants to use you. Give yourself to Him. Come aside with your family. Come aside, you and your wife. Come aside in prayer and seek the face of God, and God's fixing to explode in your life. I feel the. Oh, yeah. Right. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Done in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. But I was probably about four years old. And how many of y'all remember the old Ringer washing machines? Had the open tub. First, you had to crank them. Then they put a motor on them. Well, my mama was washing clothes in a Ringer washer. We lived down outside of Atlanta, Georgia, a little town called Flowery Branch. Wasn't nothing but a little old wide spot in the road then. It didn't grow up to be a big town now. And my second sister was watching. I think it was her. I don't think it was Nadine. I think it was Nancy. And Mama got a load of clothes out, run them through the ringer, went outside hanging on clothesline. You know, back when I grew up, we had solar clothes dryers. There's a guy starting a business, used to advertise in these magazines. He said, solar clothes dryer, $35. He'd send you a roll of clothesline and some clothespins for $35. Wasn't quite ethical, but still worked. <laughs> but anyway, Mama went outside, and she told my second oldest sister, don't you touch that washing machine. So what happened? She walked out the back door. My sister got a little stew. Crawled right up there, reached down in there, got some clothes out of the washing machine. Flipped the switch on the ringer, pushed it up there, and when she did it, grabbed her hand, pulled it through that ringer, snapped that collarbone. By that time, Mama walked in the back door. Had to, you know, they had a latch on them. You flipped them and opened the ringer up. She opened that up. My daddy heard her scream. He had to preach that night. He come in there, and that collarbone was snapped. You could see it. He laid his hands on him and got put the collarbone back together. That's the God I grew up believing in. That's the God I grew up serving. And I still serve him. He ain't changed. Brother Middle, why don't we see that? Because I'm going to tell you something. People ain't like they used to be. You used to go to church, people prayed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody remember what an altar bench looks like? Used to have altar benches in front of the church. Go from one side of the church to the other. Called them mourner's benches. Anybody remember that? 
So what they call them that? Was people used to go in and get down. They go in before service and they get down and they'd mourn for their lost loved ones. They go back after service and mourn and pray. God save my husband, save my wife, save my brother, save my sons, my daughters. And you get people praying like that, revival break out. See, we want God to give us revival and great, but we don't want to put no effort in it. We don't put no effort in soul saving. And any of y'all been around, y'all know there's people that used to call them intercessory prayer warriors. You can ask them to pray about something, they go to prayer, sometimes they pray two or three hours straight. They may pray several days, but then God an answer. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So it ain't God that's changed. It's us. But God's making himself real. Anybody else before I change the order of the service? Yes, sir. Okay. Hurt when you do like that. Sore. Okay. You believe him? Believe God will do it? Believe you'll do it right now? In Jesus, God curse it. Go right to the root. Curse. Mm. Ah, ah, hey, hey, hey. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. How's it feel now? Better. I mean, just being healed. Go ahead and praise Him for it. Go ahead and praise Him for it. Hallelujah. He's alive and he's real. Amen. He's alive and he's real. Believe. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. Doesn't matter. Anyone else why change the order of the service? Yes, ma'am. I've been afflicted with atrial fibrillation now for about two years or more and haven't had all this medicine. I'm tired of it. You believe God's a healer? Was you raised believing he is a healer? He healed my husband. Healed your husband. Cancer. Healed him he cancer. cancer. Praise God. And his heart and pain that he goes through from day to day. Yeah. Now with his legs. You still having pain? Oh yeah. What 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 is it's causing it's, the pain? Uh degenerative spinal disorder. Okay. Well, I've never had degenerative. But I've had a fall of 22 and a half feet. Put my spine out of order, I can tell you. But God put it back in. So I'm just going to pray for both of you. That be all right? Ask God to heal you. You don't have to have these things in your life. It's not God's will. I don't have the cancer no more because of God. All right. Jesus came. I used to preach a message and I was evangelizing. Jesus came to heal the whole man. Soul, mind, and body. You can't find anywhere Jesus ever prayed for somebody and left them sinner or remitted their sins and left them sick. He said, which is easier to say, rise, take up thy bed and walk, or thy sins be forgiven thee. He said, one or the other. He said, if I remit your sins, you made whole. If I make you whole, your sins are gone. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God, I curse this afib. I, I Mm, 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 mm. I command a miracle in this heart. Mm. 
Go down the spine, Jesus. God, you healed him of cancer. Now make him whole that he can declare your name, God, that he can be a living witness, a living epistle. Lord, you said we're living epistle. Mm. You heal mine, Jesus. Heal his, make him whole. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God bless y'all. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Have you enjoyed the service today? Come on, sister. Have y'all enjoyed the service today? I've enjoyed it. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. Huh? I kind of have my brother. My brother okay. has suffered a heart attack and had six bypasses. Okay. And they told him he had to get off cigarettes. Okay. Well, he's so addicted after 40 years. He dreams okay. about them. Okay. He dreams about cigarettes. Okay. And I come on behalf of my brother. All right. Because I know the Lord has already healed him once and he will heal him again. Okay. Will you take your glasses off? I'm going to give you this. Take it to him. Just tell him to put it on his body. Just tell him to wear it every day. Like in his pocket. Oh, I'll share this testimony with you before I pray for you. I had a man that worked for me back in the 90s. helped me put up my tents. His wife worked at a Walmart in Mississippi. man there got cancer. All through his mouth, his nose, his tongue. And they was going to have to completely take the whole side of his face off and restructure it. She asked me for a prayer cloth for him. He wasn't a believer. I gave her that prayer cloth. She took it to him. He, I said, just tell him to wear it in his pocket. He went on and showed it to his wife. His wife laughed at him. I said, what good do you think that prayer cloth going to do? He said, one thing about it. He said, it can't hurt. <laughs> Three weeks, they went to perform that surgery. They checked him. One little bitty spot of cancer on the side of his tongue. That's all that was left. And they clipped that off. And if they'd left it alone another few days, that'd probably been whole too. So I'm believing by this prayer cloth. The Bible said that God brought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Acts 19, 11, and 12. That by the handkerchiefs and aprons that come from his body, unclean spirits scattered, and many people were healed and delivered. Said, Well, you ain't Paul. No. But in 92, God spoke to me and said, I'm giving you the same ministry I gave Paul with the prayer cloths. And we've sent them all over the world saying God worked miracles. You believe with me? I believe God's going to set him. Mm. Ah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Mm. Be made whole. I break the yoke in Jesus. And I stir up the Spirit of God in your heart and in your mind. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. There's such a love of God in your heart. Man, I, I feel something working. I feel something moving. I feel something rising in your spirit. Mighty God. Hallelujah. There is a change ahead for you, sister. I, I, I see like you've come to a, a T in the road. You've come to a, a time of decision, and God's fixing to order your steps. You're going to go one way or the other, and if you'll wait and pray, you fixing to go God's direction. My God, Mm, the power of God sets down in your heart and in your spirit. In Jesus' name. Wow. See, Pat, this thing needs to come with a warning label. 
God's good. Y'all appreciate the Lord today. I want to thank all of you for coming to the homecoming. And I really do appreciate getting to meet this sister. I've known of her for years, probably seen her, didn't know who she was. But we've been meeting in Sister Kathy Conrad's house here for a year on Friday nights. And then we started having service on Sunday. And we started looking for a building. And somebody asked me. I guess we hunted for what, three months? Two months? And then somebody asked me. Said, well, what about the church Sister Sharon Patterson used to preach in up there? Have you contacted Sister Pat Willis? I said, no. Never thought about it. So we put a phone call into her. Left a voicemail and asked her to call us. And she called us, told her what we wanted to do. She said, Brother Matter, she said, the church is yours to use. And we've come in here July the 5th. We had our first service. July the 5th will be a year. And we're laboring, we're praying, we're believing, we're seeing God move. We're believing God's going to do great things here. See, God laid a foundation here through her mama. She done her part. Now I'm going to do my part. And y'all going to do y'all's part. And this thing going to go. My wife had a dream many months back. She walked out that door and there was people standing all the way to the road. And they had their hands out like this. Hungry. Hungry. I mean hundreds. We've had four or five different dreams and visions like that in Fort Payne. People packed to the roads. Up and down the dirt road beside the church and two blocks all the way up and down the main road. People hungry for God. And one man had a dream. He said, Brother Metter, and I may not get it right, your husband. He said they were bringing, he said something happened to Brother Metter and said they were bringing people into Fort Payne Church. And he said God was working divine miracles. And he said, I looked. And he said people were backed up two miles in every direction trying to get to the church. He said there's such a move of God. God wasn't talking about me. He was talking about the ministry and the anointing he's bringing forth. And what he, had gone, what he can do in my life, he can do in Brother Michael's life, he can do it in Sister, he can do it in any of y'all's. But you got to see the difference between me and a lot of people. I've given myself to him since I was 19 years old. Hadn't done nothing except pray, preach, Study and try to follow the will of God. And now we're in the place we're stepping out on faith that God's going to have to provide every need. That ain't easy. Brother Michael and Sister Patty doing the same thing. I mean, you used to having money and income doing, I mean, not rich, but you can do anything you want to do. And then you step out and say, so, All right, God, here I am. Makes a difference. Makes a difference. So. If nobody else needs prayer, I'm going to ask you all to help us today with an offering. I'm going to set a bucket here on this side for the church. If you've got a tithe or an offering you want to give to the church, then I'm going to set a bucket over here. If you've got something you want to help me with, it's a labor of the Lord. Because the Bible says labor is worthy of his hire. I didn't pull you a message off of sermon.com today and come out here and preach some dead letter to you. I've preached the living word to you. And we trust and believe God's going to meet every need we've got at this church and everything we want to do. And I believe there's going to come a day in the near future 
we're going to build a church up here. Because this ain't going to hold them. This ain't going to hold them. I'm telling you, it ain't going to hold them. Do y'all realize in the book of Acts, the first day Peter preached, they got 3,000 saved? What y'all going to do if God sends a move of God in L.A.J.? And we put a tent up downtown and we get 3,000 saved. Tent won't seat 500. And it kept going from there. Wasn't too long after that, they got 5,000 saved. Y'all ever read in the book of Acts where it says they went from house to house, breaking bread, fellowshipping? And y'all ever read that? And I asked the Lord one time, I said, why did they go from house to house? He said they didn't have a building big enough. He said they had to have all these little house churches. So they went from house to house, breaking bread and having miracles. Didn't have nowhere to put 3,000 people. And then another 5,000 people. And that's beside women and children. So I appreciate if you want to help us. If you give for tax purposes, we are a nonprofit organization. You can make a check out World Revivals. But I'm asking you to give because the presence and power of God is here. And I want to help folks. My main goal ain't to raise money. My main goal ain't to build a big church. My main goal is to help folks find Jesus and live in health and live in peace. Is that all right? Will you honor the Lord? Will you do what's right? I'm just going to let you stand and just bring the offerings right up here. If you got something for the church, put it over here. you got something to help me, put it on this side. But do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Just do what's right in the eyes of the Lord, and I know God will bless you. I've enjoyed this service. I feel good. How many of y'all feel good? Amen. Hallelujah. Good to see you, Brother M. Brother Thomas, God bless you, man. I love you. Thank you, brother. God bless. Hallelujah. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate that. Hallelujah. And if y'all don't have a church, you're welcome to come be in service with us every Sunday, 11 o'clock. That's all we're having right now till we get situated up here. And we're praying for God to give us a good travel trailer. we got a spot. We just need a trailer to get up here so we can labor in the church. Amen. We won't get up here and labor. We won't get up here and get folks in prayer. We won't get out in the community. So we're believing God's going to take care of it all. Amen. Find out one thing. If you trust God, just be patient. He's going to take care of it. Everybody honored the Lord today. Let's bow our heads and ask God to bless this. Father, I thank you for this. God, I thank you for the mind and the hearts of the people, for the people coming and receiving. Lord, let this word sink down in our spirits and give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking. Bless this offering and let it nourish our bodies and our bodies for your honor and your glory to be revealed in Jesus' name. Y'all can go ahead and be seated. I'm going to let Brother Michael Harris dismiss, and I'm going to let him pray over the food. And there should be plenty of food for everybody. If there ain't, maybe we can pray and get God to multiply. God bless y'all. Appreciate everybody coming. And maybe I'll get to meet some of y'all as we get out here in fellowship. But keep your minds on the Lord. Have a good time in the Lord. And thanks again for everybody coming. God bless you. Brother Michael Harris. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. I appreciate the word. Okay. I feel like I've eaten spiritually. Now, I'm, how many of y'all are ready to eat physically? I'm all about some eating. Hallelujah. But you know, the most important thing is our soul be fed. That's the most important thing. Hallelujah. And I just want to, hallelujah. I just, I just really thank y'all for having us today. And I'm looking forward to fellowshipping and, you know, and just enjoying uh, meeting new brothers and sisters in Christ. And I mean, it just, you know, it excites me to see what God is doing in other people's life. Or it excites you to see what God does in somebody's life. So if you'll just bow our heads, we will just, uh, I'll, I'll just, uh, I guess I'll just dismiss and bless the, the food. That be all right, Sister Pat? That be all right to do it like that? Okay. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word that has come this evening. God, we ask you, Lord, that you let it stay in our heart. Let it take root in it, God. Let us carry it home. Let it, just let it come alive in us, God, so we can share you with others, God. God, we thank you once again. I ask you, Lord, to strengthen Pastor, God. I ask you, Lord, as we go out and to eat. And, God, I ask you, Lord, to bless this food, to sanctify it for the nourishment of our body. God, I ask you, Lord, to bless the hands that's prepared it. And, God, I ask you, Lord, that as we fellowship together, as we break bread together, I ask you, Lord, Lord, that, Lord, we don't want your spirit to end here, God. God, we want your spirit to go with us outside there as we eat, as we fellowship one another, God. I ask you, Lord, to bring a unity, God, a unity among the brethren. God, I thank you once again. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And the church said, Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all are dismissed. And